Hello and welcome to a new series of Cottonmouth Manchester, the podcast brought to you by Citico, the city centre man- management company for Manchester and Salford. It's been a while and it's taken a crisis to bring us back. Let's call this new series Life in a Time of Coronavirus. Over the next few weeks and months, we'll be talking to people about what's happening in the city centre. We'll be providing some simple guidance on support for businesses, on what's happening on transport and on how the infrastructure is being supported. But we'll also be exploring how places are adapting, what community opportunities are available, how businesses are changing and diversifying. That's the good news. The audio won't be as good as usual as we're mostly using Zoom rather than our trusty old Shure mics. So apologies for that. And as you can tell, I'm a little bit rusty as well, so I may stumble over my words. Our friends at Blueprint Studio in sunny Salford will be doing their best to turn these around quickly. But events are moving so fast that they might already be out of date when they're published. Apologies for that. We'll keep on returning to those subjects again and again and again. First up today, we have Stephen Rhodes, the Customer Director for Transport for Greater Manchester, after a tumultuous couple of weeks on the networks. I think really, like lots and lots of people all over Manchester, all over the country, all over the world almost really, we're still trying to get to grips with the situation, which of course keeps changing so often and evolving uh, and sadly, not really for the better. Um, it does bring out the best in people, into, including, I think, within organisations such as Transport for Greater Manchester. You know, we, we've got a key role to serve and work with people, businesses all over Manchester and Greater Manchester. Um, and we are pulling together, but all sorts of sort of technical challenges, issues around making sure that we can get messages across things that I suppose you take for granted that become a bit difficult, really. Yeah, I suppose one of your your normal methods of communication is actually your regular riders, your regular users, and, and getting comms out to them while they're on the tram or whatever it is. Yeah, I mean, we've been doing a lot over a period of time with social media and obviously web and so on. But equally, we, we also rely on and they provide a really great service, travel shops in a more traditional sense, um, and try to use all sorts of different channels to get messages across. Um, the challenge, as I say, is that it keeps changing and it keeps updating. Um, but uh, I think we feel, I suppose, we've got real purpose here. Whilst all sorts of difficulties emerge and, and, and uh, you know, w- with the likes of city centre retailers and so on, all sorts of difficulties that we're very aware of. Um, travel and transport, even though I find myself saying, um, you know, don't travel unless it's essential, um, which I've never done in my career. And I'm sure lots of other people in my sort of job won't have done. It's very, very bizarre. But on the other hand, they're really important messages to get across and to say what we are doing for those people that are key workers and really have to get to work. And I know a lot of of, of your members and people you work with are in that category. Yeah, absolutely. Um, can you summarise, we're, we're speaking on the 23rd then, so we're sort of the second Monday since the serious measures started coming into place and, and people started to, to shut down. Um, where are your various services now? Uh, what level of service have you got? So we're looking uh, at trams, trains and buses, but also uh, the road network because TFGM has a key role in terms of monitoring and some level of interventions about highways, road road network as well. Um, one of the things we've seen, uh, and retailers obviously very familiar with this, is a very significant reduction in the use of public transport services. Uh, Metrolink, for example, as of really today and over the weekend, is now under a third of the usual level of patronage remaining. 
that's dropped really over the last few days and obviously over the weekend. Um, and indeed, you know, we're finding that as an employer as well, we're finding people not coming in to the same number, same extent and, and able to work. But uh, the sort of thing that we're doing is um, reflecting that in terms of a reduced level of service. So if we take the Metrolink network as obviously a real backbone of, of, of Greater Manchester and how we all get around, um, we're now on a 12-minute service on all lines. Um, that's half the level of frequency uh, lots of people will know on the likes of Altrincham and Berry, for example. Um, but we are doubling those trams. So wherever possible, uh, services on most of those lines will be doubled. Uh, and that's really to help with the with the social distancing as much as anything else. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so, sorry, so do you know from this morning, for instance, I saw some of the footage from uh, the underground in London and people were then saying, well, have we cut too many services too fast? Because it's actually meaning that people are rather crowding around each other. It happened to. I think it's in a way too early to say, but remembering that our advice now, and that's changed and I suppose hardened in a way really, is that people should... Uh, avoid using public transport for anything other than essential journeys. I think we could easily find ourselves caught in a bit of a trap there whereby we're we're trying to continue as normal and put normal services on uh, and then have a different problem. So a lot of what we're trying to do is balancing that really and getting the right level of service, if we take Metrolink as an example, um, that does allow people to get to venues that they really need to particularly if they've got no other means of travel if uh, and that includes for example even on the new Trafford Park line which we've opened in a very quiet way over the weekend uh, no fanfare or anything of that sort obviously would that be completely inappropriate but we did take a decision a difficult decision in some ways that we should go ahead and open it it's already there we've been running trams test trams for a period of time and it is now a key part of the network there are there are businesses employers factories along that line um, so it's part of the network and we think we need to provide a service for those people that we're expecting and relying on being able to use it. And the same applies for other services. But we're not trying to pretend for a minute that we're providing normal services in normal circumstances. It has to be reduced. But yeah, we're going to keep it all under the whole situation, I suppose, like everybody else is under review. We work very closely with lots of other agencies across Greater Manchester, emergency planning uh, uh, emergency services, the city council, uh, and other councils as well. Um, so there's lots of intelligence, lots of colleagues mapping into that. And the good thing is, in terms of Metrolink, it's relatively easy uh, and quick for us to be able to change things. It's something where we've got that level of control, part of the sort of devolution to Manchester and ability to get on and do those things. Uh, but it doesn't obviously exist in a vacuum. We have to make sure it links in with other rail services, bus services, and so on. And what are you seeing on the buses? Because presumably that's the same thing with a with a fairly, particularly so, students going early, a fairly precipitous decline in numbers. So there's a very big decline in bus services. I mean, the level of detail knowledge of that is less because we don't, as you'll mm -hmm. know, I think, run those services. But um, we're talking to a couple of the main bus operators during the course of the morning. So I do know that they're in a similar situation. I don't think there's a great deal of difference there. Um, some of them are trying to run a different level of slightly different level of service but they're all really reducing services and that's not just trying to cater for now but um i suppose it's jargon in a way but trying to make it more resilient uh for what's going to be coming because if if, if we try and over promise something now and fall flat on our face and can't deliver it then confidence will be lost so we feel it's important to plan for that now 
um, plan for the expected absence of a number of drivers, for example, pretty critical resource in this particular work area. Um, and then hopefully be able to stick to that broad plan during the course, certainly, of this week. I guess I guess that's the issue that people don't even think about, is, is the drivers will start to go into um, isolation uh, as well in certain numbers, as do the fitters and repairers, I guess, which that's has right. a knock-on effect. We, we've got all of those, and I'm sure the bus companies and indeed the railway companies have got the same as well. Uh, and indeed, people that aren't absolutely so much frontline in terms of controllers um the control office that sort of thing uh, and dare i even use the word managers in this sense because obviously there's there's, there's a more of a an office-based role a good example of that would be um people that are updating various social media and information that's a critical role for tfgm at a point such as this to be able to get our, our messages across in all sorts of different ways although to be fair you know that that's moved away from being uh, solely an office-based function over a period of time. So we're already well into being able to do that from home, but that's against the backdrop of then of things such as schools closing. So as an employer, uh, you know it's not it's not comp- it's not a simple situation where you can just look at home working in its own right. It's what are the knock-on consequences of that, um, and we're trying as an employer. Um, to be as flexible as possible, but you know, there's lots of lots of challenges there, as there'll be for people that are listening to this. And you do have some role in highways as well, and not least in coordination. So, what are we seeing on the roads? So, so the road network certainly was quiet this morning. There were a couple of, uh, I think, uh, I wouldn't say hotspots, but there were a couple of issues and things that came up, which is what you'd expect. Um, our role is is one of monitoring and intervening, particularly in terms of signals and trying to make sure that things keep flowing in conjunction with the highway authorities. Um, and it's really useful, therefore, to have that overall picture. Um, but broadly speaking, it reflects the trend. And uh, I think around this time last week, we were saying, gosh, you know, this is at least as severe, if not more, in highway terms to a typical school holiday period where, you know, magically uh, on our sort of red, amber, green system that lots of us have for things, everything goes green during a main school, school holiday period. And we realise that those sorts of congestion problems that we have normally disappear. Well, even this time last week, that was happening. And now, quite clearly, as with the main public transport types that we've been talking about, we find that it's quieter still. Uh, but I mean, you know, I, I, that is back to the fact that people are heeding the advice, or it suggests at least that people are heeding the advice wherever possible to stay at home. So, although it's very counterintuitive for somebody such as myself, that's what we want people to be doing as part of the wider sort of Greater Manchester family and approach to this. We, we haven't yet moved. Obviously, there were rumours again uh, last night, um, Sunday night, after a, a fairly good weekend and lots of people out in the parks and things. There were, there were rumours that they were going to uh, be stricter controls in, tra- in terms of, of moving around. Um, presumably, you've got plans in place for that. That would, that would lead to a, a further reduction in services, reduction in demand happens. I mean, we've got a particular group, uh, task group, looking at uh, future sort of travel arrangements and indeed that looks at obviously a more severe situation um but i mean let's not pretend that that's something that we could do very simply um you know with that needs further thought and how we'd work with other agencies in those sorts of situations so yes we've got people that are looking beyond the here and now and monitoring uh, usage and the services and how they're operating now and looking at short and medium term futures um you know, might that be, for example, that we have to reduce the service level 
less than the 12-minute frequency, for example. I'm using that more as an example on the trams to something else. Well, at the present time, we don't plan that, but I think it's only responsible, and really, as per your question, that we give that some thought and, and think those issues through. Um, but, you know, we, we recognise that, you know, if we're saying our services and the wider transport network is really important, particularly for key workers, including around schools with that and school services, then we want to try and keep that going. Um, but yeah, there's this, the schools I haven't, I don't think I've mentioned so far, but we kept on the uh, usual approach we've got to providing school bus services at the present time. Um, that might seem strange because of schools closing, but of course, there's a, quite an uncertain situation there about the extent to which uh, children will still be going into school at the present time, certainly in the next few days, while all of the key worker and the implications of that are worked through with schools. So we didn't want to cause uncertainty by trying to do something clever, if you like, and, and take certain of those services out. So we're trying to provide those uh, in conjunction with the operators of those services as usually as possible at the present time. Cool. And, and finally, I think obviously we're in a fast changing um, situation. Can you just remind us of your, your comms channels where people can find out the latest information? I mean, really, there's, there's all sorts of different social media, Twitter handles and so on. Um, there's, um, so for Metrolink and for Transport for Greater Manchester, I think it would be remiss of me to say as well that the operators, the bus and the train operators, uh, people will generally know the names of those to be able to search for them. They've got their own feeds. They're also... Uh, in terms of uh, bus and train operators particularly, that bit closer, obviously, to their operation if people wanted bang up-to-date information. But we are trying to provide a coordination, well, we are providing a coordination service for that with the information that we've got via our website. There's a specialist link page there, which in turn has got further links to other information. Um, Lots of good stuff to go for there and and, and social media as well. And we're working really hard to keep that up-to-date in what is a fast-changing situation. And a quick search for TFGM usually brings up the Twitter feed and uh, the website. Absolutely, yeah. I don't there there are many one. other TFGMs in the world, I don't think. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> lots of other transport fours are beginning to be formed uh, now, at the, I must admit. But yes, there's, uh, we are one of the oldest ones along with Transport for London. And, and, and I suppose another comment to, just to make briefly in terms of uh, information is also people will be worried and thinking about uh, the availability of refunds. Um, now, what we've really said for that is that uh, we know it's really important that people can make uh, arrangements and do that easily if they want to cancel their tickets. Uh, that's up and running very much live, going back to the web pages and, and so on I've mentioned for Metrolink. So if you have a season ticket which has seven or more days remaining on it, so for example, on a 28-day travel card or indeed an annual travel card, we've actually got in place now online arrangements to be able to apply for a refund. I mean, I'd ask people are patient with how we uh, process those because, you know, we haven't got people that are office-based. We're doing all of that now remotely. Um, That's perfectly possible, but those sorts of things are, I think, are slower than we'd expect or want them to be. And there'll also be a bit of a surge, I think, around now in people applying for those refunds. I know that uh, at least some, if not all, of the main bus operators have something similar. And uh, we're in the process at the present time of putting those arrangements in place with system one for so-called multimodal tickets that cover obviously more than just say tram, tram and bus and that sort of thing. So that's an aspect that we're working hard on as well. So we're trying to, I suppose, react and adapt our business in conjunction with others um, so that we're really helpful to people at what is obviously a very, very challenging time. Excellent. Thank you very much indeed, Stephen. 
Thank I'll you. Speak, I'll speak to you again soon, I'm very sure. Okay. Thank you.